when we share our experience and then got models that we've been able to overcome that and we're living a really contributing, meaningful life that brings meaning to us and meaning to others, then people, they have hope. It was a peer worker that mentioned to me the word recovery for the first time. The diagnosis that I had was a diagnosis where, you know, you will never work, the, the psychiatrist said to me, you'll never work, you'll never be a valuable member of society. But this peer worker said to me, don't listen to that. You can recover. You can lead a really good life. My recovery journey started with her walking beside me. Welcome to Let's Talk, a podcast about mental health in rural and regional Australia. My name is Kaya Handley. I'm a journalist and I've had my own lived experience with mental illness. This episode, we're focusing on mental health peer work. When you've had a lived experience with mental health and have come out the other side, it's often a natural feeling to want to give back. Along your journey, there were so many people who helped you when you needed it most, who were there to listen, to support you, and to teach you the tools you needed to manage your mental illness. This is where peer workers come in. More and more people who have had their own mental health experience are training to become peer workers. You've just heard part of Faye Jackson's story. After being told she'd never work again because of her mental health diagnosis, she's now the general manager at Flourish and a New South Wales mental health deputy commissioner. She started her working life as a peer worker and explains why this system is so effective. A peer worker in mental health is someone who's been through a mental health issue, um, usually quite substantial, that has really knocked them sideways for for quite a while and has then worked their way out of that. They've recovered and they want to use that experience to help other people on their recovery journey out of mental health. At Flourish Australia, we have the largest peer workforce in Australia. uh, And I've been led to believe it may be the largest single single service in the world. And I see peer workers at work a lot. And the immediate breakdown in barriers that they have, because they share purposely, share part of... their lived experience with the people that they're supporting or going to support and the people that are accessing service when they hear that this person has had a journey somewhat similar then there's an immediate sort of bonding. Denise Willis trains peer workers at a TAFE campus on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. She loves being able to teach people how to empower themselves and others She says becoming a good peer worker is so much more than having a lived experience of mental health. It's about having empathy. It's about being able to set boundaries. It's to teach someone how to work with someone through their story, that it's not a matter of your story taking precedence, but how to follow policy, how to write programs, how to do case management, but still empowering someone that I always say whoever holds holds the pen. So it was always about give the pen to someone else, give them empowerment with their own recovery plans. Quite a a lot to it, Denise, which must make it quite a difficult job as well at times. Yeah, it's very complex to teach it because um, often when people come, everyone comes with their own experience, but they also come with a lot of different perspectives, which is really valuable. But I found that there were periods when people became unwell 
and there were extreme triggers for people as well. So speak to them as that this is the time. So when people speak about things that can trigger things in you, that your experiences or the trauma that perhaps you've been through. So this is your way to find a place to put that so you can be present for someone else without it impacting on your own well-being. But the road for peer workers hasn't been smooth. It's been 17 years since Faye Jackson started as a peer worker and she says the role has often seen some pushback from workplaces and medical professionals. It has been slow to take off, which is a, which is a great shame. There has been a push against peer work in the past. Now nurses are seeing the value of peer work. But I think that that's primarily because the right people weren't put into the positions to see the value of peer work in the first place. But it's also because there's been um, sort of a, a barriers put up between nurses and doctors and peer workers. So, some nurses have actually even said, oh, what, what's this all about? The mad leading the mad. It's not about that at all. And nurses who work with, respectfully with peer workers have come to see there's a real value, not only for the people who are accessing the service, but also for them. In services where we see peer workers working well with the the nurses and the doctors, the nurses and doctors tell us that their staff morale has really increased. Our peer workers also go into hospitals and into other services and work with uh, doctors and nurses and social workers and also with other frontline mental health workers in not-for-profit services. They tell us that because they can see that recovery is possible in the peer workers, and because they see that we have a different kind of way of relating to the people, and there are things, there's a, a comfort there that they can feel, that, that they start to relate differently to the people that they're, that they're supporting as well. Um, and that their language starts to change as well. You know, they get a more positive, inclusive, respectful, hope-filled language as well, rather than, you know, well, you can't do that or you're not going to be able to do that or, mm. you know, you need to be realistic about what you're going to be able to achieve in your life, you know. It's a really, really beautiful language that the... That, uh, staff start to take on as well. Denise Willis also says she's pleased that people are less afraid to identify as being someone with a lived experience of mental health, that it doesn't feel like the black mark against your name as it once was. The hardest concept to turn around is that people were very fearful because if you identified as someone with a lived experience, it was very difficult for you to get employment. Now... We've sort of broken, uh, hopefully, the glass ceiling where it's okay if actually in some places it's a really valued thing on your resume, um, particularly working with the NDIS now. And I had one student in particular um, who had two degrees uh, and now she came to do the peer work course. Uh, she became unwell. Now she's doing really well. Mm. Uh, I opened her own business and now she's getting wonderful work as a consultant through the NDIS and using her degree from the time before she became unwell and using that prior knowledge with her peer work course to mentor other people. So, and she's built up a thriving business through the NDIS. 
And Denise is one super proud teacher. The work she's done at Taree TAFE has seen more mental health workers trained in regional New South Wales and her peer work students win awards through the TAFE. What is most encouraging is because because we pioneered the peer work program and my peer work class won the majority of the awards across the TAFE Institute for their programs, for their presentations. Uh, they published a book with their own stories but also um, strategies. Now that book um, is in all the TAFE libraries and we've had a request from Sydney, could they put it right through the state? And each year we're writing a different volume, a new volume. So they're very proud of the contribution there. But Faye Jackson says the importance and incredible benefits of peer work need to be acknowledged more, especially in rural and remote areas. I think it's really important for remote and rural services to really embrace and celebrate the value that peer work can bring to the people that are accessing the service, uh, to the staff that are already there and to the community as a whole. Mm. It's particularly, they're particularly important in, um, you know, Aboriginal communities or communities where there's a lot of non-English speaking background people, um, but they're, they're important for everyone. So, um, and they, they act not only in supporting people in their recovery, they really support people to prevent them from becoming unwell again too. You've been listening to Let's Talk, a podcast about mental health in rural and regional Australia. If you or someone you know needs help, there are so many places you can turn. If you need someone to talk to, you can call the New South Wales Mental Health Line on 1800 011 511 or Lifeline on 13 11 14. You can also access a heap of information on the Centre for Rural and Remote Mental Health's website, That's www.crrmh.com.au.